1: Welcome to our latest episode of Late Boomers. Today, we are delving into the world of sports representation with practicing attorney and sports agent Jill Baxter, who has been representing professional football players, coaches, media, and college athletic administrators for nearly 30 years. She has combined a love of the game of football with a passion for the law. And I'm Mary Elkins.
2: Jill is the daughter of a Hall of Fame football coach, Ron McBride, and is married to John Baxter, a highly successful college coach. She's an aggressive negotiator for her clients, and her core values are protection, advocacy, and trust. She's worked with general managers, player personnel directors, head and position coaches, and scouts from all 32 NFL teams, as well as many CFL, UFL, and Arena League teams. Welcome, Jill.
0: Hi, how are you
2: guys? Great. are doing great. So good to have you. Great to, ha- great to meet you.
1: Tell and- us about your background growing up in a sports family and spending your childhood on the football practice fields and in and around coaches' offices.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I grew up, my dad is a college football coach. He, he's retired now, although he still <laughs> actually helps at a high school, but we won't even go there. He's 83, still can't give, give up the game. Mm-hmm. But we just, when my parents were in college, they started having kids and my dad was playing at the time. And so we were always, that's why I say I literally was born on a, on a football field because mm-hmm. the football field was right outside the the family housing in college so what we did my whole life is we were either at a game or out of practice
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's what we did I mean that's kind of how coaching families work and every Saturday um, you're at a game and then sometimes I'd go recruiting with my dad and um, we'd go to high school games and look at you know the prospects <laughs> and um, we just were always on a football field and we were and it is kind of a welcoming environment, meaning like sometimes we would just in the summers, maybe we'd go to work with my dad and we'd run around the campus and be in camps or whatever and do sports camps while he was at work. And then he'd bring us all home. I mean, that's just how it kind of works in sports, which is a little different than the normal corporate world,
1: right? Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. So we you must we- have
1: developed quite an eye if you did recruiting with your dad, an eye for who was great, right?
0: Well, even just being, I think just have, I don't know how many football games I've been to, but a whole lot. Um, I, I can't, I can't probably, I mean, every year since I was born, I don't know a lot of games. So you just start to get a feel for, okay, that guy's got great feet. This guy's got, you know, this guy's really strong. This guy's got great heart. So it's all about fourth down or third, even third down. To see how does the player do during, on third down, how does he do on fourth down? What if you're behind? How does the player handle stress? And when you go to a lot of games, you can see the players that step up in those situations. It's not just talent. It's heart, too.
2: That's really interesting. Who would think that, except somebody with well, the experience that you have?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know everybody thinks it's talent. If people don't like football and they don't have heart, they don't make it. I mean, they don't make it at the next level.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I'm t- i talking about... if. You have to have great talent, but if you don't love football and have those other intangibles at, at the NFL level, those kids usually aren't successful mm-hmm. at the highest level. Yeah. That's you know? really interesting. Yeah.
2: Well, what, what does a typical day look like for a sports agent?
0: Oh, well, yesterday, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> yesterday, which I don't know that it was atypical, but one of our coaching uh, friends that we've known for like 25 years heard their daughter is having a baby. So I said, OK, I'm going to have a reunion for all the coaches that were with us at this at Fresno State 25 years ago in celebration of Jen Lane having the baby. <laughs> Jen Lane was in Washington, D.C. She's not an attorney. And so we zoomed her in and we just had. I, I planned a party all day, and we had so much fun. We laughed for three hours because we've known each other for over 25 years, and there's a lot to laugh about when you're <laughs> in this coaching business.
1: You know. Yeah, <laughs> I that bet that. that would be it. That wouldn't doesn't sound like a typical day to me. No.
0: Um, but that well, but in the morning I had to edit a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to get the podcast out, and then I had to get ready for the party, and then and then I think. Uh, today, a few of my clients texted me. They let me know how they're doing, like my coaching clients. And so, I really need to do some social media on what they're doing, their successes. Because if you are following college football, coaches are getting head coaches are getting fired. So other coaches are trying to
1: hopefully get those jobs. So I and would you've be, got coaches that
0: are your clients. I've got tons of coaches, lots of college coaches that I represent. And okay. so, so right now I'm doing a lot of um updating all their information to get it out to the people who I think might get some of those head jobs. Right. Cause I prospect for them. Then um, I'm also looking at the 2023 draft picks and seeing how they're doing for the and NFL. For, yeah. For the NFL to try and try to get in touch with their parents or them to try to get meetings with them. So I'm doing that. Um, Another thing that might happen in a day is somebody might, I get a lot of emergency situations, meaning like somebody's getting fired and they want me to look at their contract. And so I've created another way where people can work with me. I, I actually do the whole thing in a day, meaning I, I can review their contract, figure out what they should do, what, what it's going to look like if they're terminated. Um, and like, there's about seven or eight things that coaches need to do on their exit if they're getting fired. So I might have an emergency situation that can happen. Mm -hmm. I might do a podcast interview like today, or I'm interviewing somebody. So it's, I don't think any day is really typical. Those are just things that are happening
2: all the time. Well, do you have times when you go out to scout? Well, I go
0: to a game every Saturday. Oh, Mm -hmm. so every Saturday I go to a game. Um, So yeah, that's, you're on it. Yeah. That's, but that's what most.
1: Yeah. Tell us what it's like to be a solo practitioner and a woman operating in football for the past 30 years. Like, I don't know how you encapsulate that in a short answer (laughs) or a long answer. It's interesting.
0: Yeah. I didn't really think that much about it because when I was in my second year of law school, my dad actually called me and he said, Hey, Gary's getting a contract with the Rams. So you need to do it. He doesn't have somebody to represent him. And I was like, dad, I'm just in my second year of law school. I don't <laughs> even do that. And he's like, well, figure it out. And I'm like, okay. So I just called, um, I, I called actually Lee Steinberg's office and cause he had just come and spoke at my law school and I had brought him in there to speak because I was president of the sports law form at my law school And he said, oh, yeah, you just have to get registered with the NFL Players Association. And I was like, that's it? That's all you have to do? He goes, yeah. And that was way back when. That's all you had to do. So I found out you just had to pay money to the NFLPA and go to a meeting. So I did. What a Um, great dad. (laughs) Oh, I I have great parents. Trust me. I mean, my dad's great and my parents are great. But my mom and dad are awesome. Um, And that's lucky, right? That's, Mm. yeah, I have good parents. So anyways... That's really how I got started with players. Then what happened, fast forward, um, I then married a coach and then I started having kids. And honestly, it was just so much easier to be self-employed and we moved around. And so I was working remotely from my house. I've been doing that for 25, 30 years too. Because once I had kids, I was like, I can't have office spaces in, you know, five different states. Right. It, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked for me. yeah. And it also wouldn't have worked for me to work in a specific office anywhere because we moved, you know, a lot of people are working remotely now, so it'd probably be easier. So I always was a solopreneur because that was the necessity with my life. And so I just always have an office and I'd have when it wasn't quite as easy, like it is now, I mean, I had somebody who came in every day and worked for me. That was like my assistant. I don't need that as much now because everything's digital, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. no hard copies of anything, right. No faxing. I mean, it's just,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So, so as far as being a woman, um, I'm sure there's times that, Maybe somebody didn't pick me because I'm a woman, but there's some people that maybe picked me because I was a woman. I'm talking about NFL players. I think Mm -hmm. it more impacts you on somebody deciding to choose you as their agent. As far as operating in the NFL, they've always been really great to me. I've never had any problem with or bad encounters.
1: You know, it's so good to hear that.
0: Yeah, no, I've never. But if I have what they need, they're not they're they're not going to be rude to me. If I have a player they want, but the other thing I, they know I've been around for a long time because I would be at practice. So I knew a lot of the scouts. So let's say I was at a practice and I'd see so-and-so and then they become friends. The next thing you know, they're a GM. You see what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. kind
0: of what has happened over the 30 year, you know, <laughs> progression,
1: you know Yeah. What I mean? That longevity pays off. It certainly
0: does. It, it pays does. off because, those of us at this that were doing this a long, long time ago, we still know each other. Now, there's a lot of people that aren't in it anymore. It's a small the, club. It, well, it's a small club. But if, if people are not careful with who they represent and how much money they spend on it, they will not stay in business. And I think that's the one thing that I've been really smart about as far as, like, profit and loss. And, yeah, that doesn't really – that's not going to pencil, right? Mm-hmm. Because – Every player thinks they can make it, but not every player can. And you don't get paid if they don't make it. Can so you can you do a talk a, lot a little of more about that. Well, if 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 a player, okay, you can do all this work for a player, and if they don't make the fifty three three man roster, the agent doesn't get paid.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So you have to really evaluate people, and I would rather say no than say yes to too many. You see what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you do a lot of work with no pay. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. And
0: let them make it. And if they make it, it's great.
1: It's like an independent entertainment agent. Same thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Same exact
2: thing. Yeah. You've written a book called Born to be a Sports Agent. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, I did that for a couple of reasons. The beginning is kind of about my life. The middle is if somebody wants to be a sports agent, I actually go through the processes that they should use to be a sports agent in the book. And the third part of the book is cl- different clients. And then I have an online course that if somebody wants to be a sports agent, they can, they can um, join my online course called sports agent Academy. Cause I didn't have a mentor. And I think that was a frustration of mine. I just kind of had to figure it out myself. Um, and I always feel like, okay, now I need to mentor people back. I also teach a sports law and in- practice class at my law school so the dean asked me to teach that and it's just like a one-week class and I teach him how to be a sports agent really
2: can you do that in a
0: week well you know it's an intensive class it's three hours each night and um I teach the most important thing you need to know or learn is to redline a contract that's really really important um going through a contract reviewing it what's good, what's bad. So I, that's what I focus a lot on. And then all of the name image and like this um, recent, you know, litigation of the Supreme Court is interesting to talk about. And I have them read a book about that particular case and that, you know, by the way, if you're going to be an attorney, attorney, these these are human beings that are in a conflict with somebody. It's, And I love the book that I share with them. It's, it's actually about, it's the O'Bannon book. Because it really makes you understand, like how hard it is on a case to be taking on. Like he took on the entire NCAA and how he got blackballed. It's a really interesting book, but he persevered,
1: and you know, and made a lot of
0: change. What it is this book happen-
1: called? What is this book called?
0: Court of Justice. Oh, uh, who's okay. Seen if I- I've seen it have it my bookshelf right here, but it's in my other bookshelf yeah so it's a really interesting book to read uh, for people who are really interested in the name image and likeness issues and how this actually happened and occurred so um but yeah in a week you can you can go over certain things and then sometimes i'll find out like what the class really wants to talk about um there might be something specific that they're really interested in Um, And so we'll all maybe go in depth one night on an issue that that particular group of students is interested in. So yeah, no, you can, it's, it's fun. And then I make them negotiate a contract and, you know, yeah.
1: Yeah. Do they everything? No, but. (laughs) Do you test them?
0: Yeah. They have to write a paper and then they get graded on their contract negotiation and their contract redlining their contracts and then their presentations in class. Yeah yeah that's great. do Do all of the sports team
2: owners uh, cringe when they see you? Are they wary?
0: No, you know what? I don't, you we very rarely deal with the owners. We are mm. dealing with um, you know, the pro personnel directors, the college scouts for sure, and then um, the general managers and the coaches. Mm. A lot of times I will because I look at the the NFL roster and say, okay, who do I know? Okay, so I know this person. I got this player, I'll call that person that I know really well, that I have a really good relationship with. And um, I'll go to them first mm-hmm. and see if they can
1: get it through their organization. Hmm. Right. Great. So and what sports figures do you represent?
0: Well, let's see. The one that I think, oh, I, I don't like to really talk about my clients that much, but oh <laughs> but well, because I'm an attorney, so there's the attorney client privilege, so I'm kind of careful. But, like, for instance, I have represented the uh, the the a, the athletics director at Penn State. She, I have represented, and she's retired now, so I know she'd be okay with this, but she started at Tulane, and then she was at Cal, and then she just retired at Penn State. So, I haven't had her as a client for, like, 25, I don't know, 25 years, maybe? Ooh, loyal. Long time. Very loyal. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. But she's retired now, so she's... So hot. She's probably happy to be retired. But
1: when she was at I, Cal, was she the athletic director at Cal? Yes, she was.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, She's-
1: great. My daughter went there.
0: Well, what's your
2: opinion on the fee structure for athletes and coaches?
0: You mean as far as what they're making, or are you talking about um all of the
2: above as far as what they're making and how it's put together? And and I also have a, a second question for you on the latest um, deals I said, I guess with uh, what's going on with college athletes getting paid
0: now. Yes. That's the name image and likeness stuff. Yeah. I I love that actually. So, so as far as college coaches, the market is the market. So if you're a really hot head coach and another team wants you, they'll pay you. The harder part is then they got to pay the buyout from the other school. The coach then gets taxed on the buyout money. This is the tricky part. And it's just gets, it's a lot of money. Yeah, I know.
2: Looking at what happened in LA lately too with USC.
0: Yeah, with Lincoln Riley. Yeah, I don't, I, I. (laughs) it's, I I mean, I don't know how they keep up, honestly. But they, I think what they do most of the time is there's got to be some kind of a donor that is paying those salaries because you know like UCLA the state isn't going to pay right there's got to be some money being funneled and and
1: funny you should mention UCLA and Mary just mentioned USC because Mary and I have the crosstown rivalry I'm a Bruin she's a Trojan so (laughs) we always like to watch our own team our own games but not each other's and well I think it's nice that you won as long as you're not playing us you know yeah
0: which (laughs) is coming up (laughs) yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, John and I were at USC. I mean, that's it. John worked for Lane and he worked oh. for Ed and Then he worked for Sark for a minute. And then, and then he was with Clay. We were down there for a long time. And then he worked at Michigan with Coach Harbaugh. So believe me, we've been around a lot of interesting people.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, you have. Sounds like
0: <laughs> I won't even Anything
1: more either. about the college players getting paid?
0: Okay, well, with name, image, and likeness, which is so awesome, actually, the right to publicity, and I had always thought this, like, how are they interfering with the player's right to publicity? How, how can this be constitutional? Well, it turns out that it wasn't. That's mm-hmm. why the O'Bannon Court of Justice, once it went all the way through, he went through the federal court, but the Alston case went to the Supreme Court, and they determined, yeah, you can't interfere with the player's right to publicity. It's completely unconstitutional. <laughs> They should have never been able to do it.
2: They did it for
0: years. I know. It's ridiculous. Okay. It was unfair. And so now a player can make money off his name, image, and likeness. How they do it is the same way, like if you have a podcast, you have a lot of social media followers. If a player doesn't have a lot of social media followers, brands are going to be less likely to be attracted to them. But then there's players that most players that are really like if you're a quarterback, like USC's quarterback has done very well in that space. Well, he has a lot of followers, he's a great player, and he sounds like he is a good businessman too. Hmm. So, he's actually done a pretty good job with his NIL. But we well, have to understand that there's a lot of players that are not that are maybe making just a little bit of money. But you know, when you're in college, if you got an extra $500 a month, that's not bad, right? right? And they're right. so young. They, they are, are young. But a lot of them are not getting the kind of money that's being reported just so you know. Mm. Okay. Oh, really? Most of,
1: yeah. I want to ask I, about I, UCLA's quarterback, Dorian thompson Robinson. How's okay. he? How does he do?
0: Does I don't he make know money? Anything. I don't know how he's doing. I just know that Caleb Williams over there at, UC, at USC mm-hmm. is killing it in the space. Mm-hmm. I mean, really making... But he is a gonna be a very top pick and he's a really great player so he's yeah Mm -hmm. he's he's done very very well um so yeah i'm not sure how dorian's done what what have they reported there in la do you know
1: well i know the la times picked him as the best quarterback in la so he's, he's, he's very hot right now yeah, so, but, very but awesome. I don't know He's if really that translates good. to money and and endorsements. But it probably does because he they picked him as number
0: one. On. The USC has a pretty good collective going. I don't know what UCLA has for their collective. Um, it's coll- the collective is usually a bunch of like UCLA like alumni that have a group and they are like using the players' name, image, and likeness specifically at UCLA athletes and they're, you know, using them in ads or whatever, and then they're getting compensated that way. So it depends, you know, where the money's coming from.
2: Yeah. Have you seen a difference in the way the players are playing because they're being paid or just no difference at all because their hearts in the game?
0: Um, you know, I think that'd be a better, I haven't noticed it. I just think it would be a better question for a coach because what coaches don't like is distractions, right? Everything's got to be about the game. They're very, very hyper-focused. So do I think it's a distraction for players? Probably not. They're on social media anyway. Yeah. They can't really do, they don't have time during the week to do that much. So a lot of the stuff they did do maybe was in the summer. You know what I mean? When they had more time and it's not the season, Harder during the season, I think, to do a lot of stuff. But let's say they have maybe Sundays, they have some time um, to like do an ad for a car company or something. So is it distracting? I don't know. It's just another part of it, right? The world is changing. Yep. This is what I say. Pretty to
1: fast. A- Pretty fast. fast. So I the picked world- this up. This question I picked up from your. Profile, and I really don't know what this is, so I want to ask you, what is a transfer portal, and oh. what, is, what is your opinion of that?
0: The transfer portal is really causing a lot of havoc, okay? The reason why is a transfer. Um, so let's say there's a player at, let's say, a smaller, a smaller school, okay, like San Diego State, let's say, and he's doing really, really well. And he decides, wow, maybe USC will pick me up. I'm going to go in the transfer portal and hopefully go to USC because I'm going to have a bigger you know, stage to perform on. You don't know who you're going to have the next year. Now, the other thing is, is you can get kids out of the portal. So you might be able to lose a kid and get a kid, but it's kind of like free agency with no rules. The transfer portal is a situation where a player – can transfer from a school, put, put, put his name in the portal and go to another school. In the past, if you were going to transfer, you would lose a year of eligibility. You had to wait for a year before you could play. Oh. Okay, So that did not incentivize people to do that. Right. But now they can transfer and they don't lose a year. Okay. Mm. Just who are you know really good at a smaller school may go on the transfer portal to try to get to a bigger school.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's at, and or kids at a bigger school that are maybe backing up to a great player. They will maybe transfer because they want to start. Mm. So then you lose your backup. That's not good. I mean, I'm saying as if from the team side or the coaches side, that's, difficult to manage your roster to know you're going to have a good team the next year you're not going to be sure
1: so when did Uh, they start with this transfer portal thing when did that start what's
0: interesting this started about i want to say it's been three or four years but each year they've kind of made some new rules and it's just you know it's been going on but it's it's really with the nil stuff now they're also enticing people to go to this other school because you're going to get more NIL money. Oh. The name image and likeness money. So there's a there's a whole lot of things like that crashed at the same time. That was on July 1st, 2020. I guess this is the second year of NIL right now. So it would have been 2021. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, so it's, there's a lot of stuff going on in college. So this is a whole mess of stuff for young, very young players to sort out. And it probably confuses their parents and everybody.
2: Yes, it does. And the coach and the school. You, you had mentioned USC because a lot of the players did that this last year.
0: Yeah, they all transferred in. And not only, I mean, I think he also encouraged people to transfer out because he wanted to get in these other players. Hmm. So you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's a
1: a revolving door.
0: It's a revolving door. That's hard to, for consistency and, and I, and academically too, I, I'm I'm concerned about it because there's also kids that go into transfer portal. They think they're going to get picked up and they don't. And then they don't have their, their scholarship, they're not in school, they're not getting educated. So there's, there's, a, there's some things I like about it, there's some things I don't like about it. You know, I understand a player maybe wants to go somewhere else, but I think that they shouldn't be so short-sighted and they need to think about what do they want to do when football's over, because it does end. So Whether, if you go into the portal, you lose a scholarship that you might have? Yeah. You lose the scholarship at the previous school hoping to get a scholarship at another place. But But if you stay
2: at that school, if you don't get picked up, you lose your scholarship. Once you go
0: in the portal, you're done at the other place. Oh, yeah. Very tough.
1: Yeah. Now,
0: now there are some coaches that will say, Hey, I'll let you go into the portal for four weeks and your scholarship will be here when you get back. Some coaches have done that when they kind of know, like, you know, you're probably not going to get a better deal than what you have here. You just don't realize it, you know? And I know some coaches have done that. Um,
1: so the coach can control it a little bit, even especially if the coach wants to help the player.
2: Okay, you had, you had mentioned a little earlier about growing up as a college football coach's kid, but do you have any fun stories to tell about it?
0: Well, I think one of the, the funny stories was, the time I went with my dad to an away game and he didn't have anybody to chart with him, be on the sidelines and chart. And so he said, Hey, can you do it? And I was like, I've never done this before. (laughs) Would you explain what charting is? Oh, well you, you on every play, like for instance, if it's third down and let's say it's third down and five, I'd have to write down. Okay. It's third down and five. We ran the ball and we got two yards. Okay. So I'd have to write that down all down on the sidelines then at halftime my dad looks at it because my dad was the head coach at university of utah at the time he looks at it to see like what plays are um you know whatever plays are you know working and not working and i'm just like it's pouring rain i don't write very neatly i don't think he's going to understand anything i'm saying and then i'd be like how many yards do they get because it's harder to see on the sideline it's easier to see up when you're up in the stands So I'm down there just trying to write everything down. I don't know if he looked at it, but I was like, I am never doing this again for you.
1: (laughs) How old do you think you were then?
0: I don't know. I think I was probably, I think I was probably in college or something because I don't know. I don't know if I was in college or maybe I was in law school even and I was home or something. And I happened to go with him to that game. And I was just like, I'm, I'm not, I don't do this, dad. I don't, I don't chart on the sidelines. (laughs) <laughs> Was he impressed?
1: So you drew your boundaries with that. that yeah. Well, that's...
0: I mean, it's just I had never done it before, right? My brothers had done it. And, you know, <laughs> I just had never done it. Yeah. But you did a good job, it sounds like. I did okay. I I. Would, I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about your experience being a football coach's wife and a sports attorney and a mother of two daughters. And, hey, do your daughters play football? Uh, no, they don't. Our daughters are all grown up.
0: Actually, um, the truth is, it's a lot easier to be a coach's kid than a coach's wife. Awesome. Being a coach's wife, you basically take care of everything. You're, you know, I was, I ran two companies and took care of the kids, went to the games, and you're. I wouldn't say you're kind of a single parent, but you kind of are in a lot of ways. Although, if I had to travel for work, I could and, like, the kids were sick or something, they could go into the office with John now. Probably not now, but this was when they were little. Um, You know, now we're a lot pickier about who's sick and who's not. (laughs) But um, so sometimes that would get a little dicey if I had to travel um, and he was traveling. um, And I did not have a babysitter. I just – we just used to figure it out between the two of us, which is kind of interesting. Uh. But that's why I worked at my own – I always had a home office, right? So I would have an assistant and then I could drop the kids off or I could go to their game. But um, our daughters were in, one daughter was in cheer, swimming, dive. I don't know. She played volleyball, everything. She did all kinds of stuff. Then the other one was a barrel racer. So I had to learn how to trailer a horse, which I didn't know how to do. Mm-hmm. But I did learn how. My husband was into the horses, which is why they both were, our daughter and him. And they still are. So I did that and, um, and I traveled for work. I had a UFC fighter for about, I don't know, five or six years. I traveled all over the world. So it was, it was, it was complicated sometimes with the travel. Right. So my mom came and helped me a lot. Uh, My sister would come and help me. Um, you know, if I had to go for like, let's say a week or something, so that's when it got tricky. Um, but otherwise, I mean, we're just always at a game. The ups and downs of winning and losing. I mean, it's not fun to lose. It's only fun when you win. But yeah. you do lose. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. that's, that's true. Not
0: really hard. Listening to people in the stands sit and say mean things about your spouse is not fun. But I, but I kind of learned to block it out. It's like, well, they're paying, they're paying to be here and be entertained. And they like to complain. So let them complain. <laughs> well your daughters must have learned
2: a lot of lessons from that
0: well our one daughter's a realtor because she learned how to buy and sell houses because we moved a lot <laughs> and our other daughter actually our other daughter went to usc and then she was in teach for america and she got her master's in urban education at uh, at loyola and she um is a resource teacher at an elementary school in um in salt lake and she She lives there because she said she's going to live by her grandparents because she says, I'm tired of moving with you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so she didn't do the real estate. You mentioned mentioned earlier that you had no mentor, but it sounds like your
0: father was a wonderful mentor. Did you have another one? My dad was a great mentor, but what I'm saying is I didn't have somebody who was a sports agent that was a mentor because Uh, uh. he's a coach. He doesn't do what I do right? Mm -hmm. Like being a sports agent is a totally different than being a coach. It's not even close. There's Mm -hmm. now you do have to understand who's good. And yes, my dad did help me, or I could call one of my coaching friends and say, Hey, what do you think about this player? Right? That helps. But as far as the sports agent business, no, (laughs) (laughs) I had to figure that out. And it's, (laughs) Very competitive.
1: (laughs) And what's your favorite thing about being a sports agent? And what would you like our listeners to have today as a takeaway?
0: Um, I think just, you know, do what you're passionate about. I really feel like I've never worked a day in my life. Mm. I think it's fun. And I've always thought it was fun. I like going to games. I love, um, players and their families. They're great people. Um, I've had a lot of fun representing coaches. There's lots of ups and downs with their families and their their wives and kids, too. But it's, it's you know, I like negotiating contracts and protecting people. I just, I don't know. Some things, I think I kind of got lucky in some ways because yeah. I did what I wanted to do.
2: That's great advice for people in any business.
0: <laughs> yeah, do what do what you're passionate about because it's not going to, you will have a good life and you'll be happy. Oh, that's my that's goal. That's great. Thank you. Yeah.
2: Our guest today on Late Boomers has been attorney and sports agent Jill Baxter. Listen to her podcast, and it's called Representation Without Taxation. And you can find out more about Jill on her Linktree at linktree right slash Jill McBride Baxter and read her book. And it's called Born to be a Sports Agent. Thank you so much,
0: Jill. Thank you. Thanks for having me, ladies.
1: It's, it was lovely. We want to remind our listeners also to follow us on Instagram at I am Kathy Worthington and at I am Mary Elkins and at Late Boomers. We hope our podcast content is bringing you joy and inspiring you. You can write to us on our website, lateboomers.biz, B-I-Z. And thanks for listening. And please subscribe to Late Boomers on your favorite platform. Thanks again, Jill.
2: Yeah, thanks.
1: Thank you for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to ewnpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also
2: available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact.